Welcome to the Travel Lounge podcast with the travel expert Sarah Slattery and award-winning travel journalist and broadcaster Ed Finn. Every week we will bring you the latest happenings from holidays at home to exciting places and destinations around the world. We will also have some special guests joining us from time to time. So sit back and relax in the exclusive Travel Lounge and we'll call you when your flight is boarding. Today, Sarah, we're going to talk about South Africa, a place that you and I have spent a lot of time in and that we both really, really loved. Yeah, I think it's great. I know you lived there, so you're probably a bit more of an expert than I am. But I did go twice and I went, I suppose, for our honeymoon many years ago. And then we went back with the kids a few years ago. So I sort of did it from two different types of trips, but loved it both times. And I'd actually, it's a place I would genuinely run back to. I know there's so much more to see, but really, really enjoy it. I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's one of those few places that really does have everything, doesn't it? It has the great city in Cape Town, it has all the wildlife, has the scenery, has the beaches, of course and the wine lands and then of course it's so cheap as well so like Yeah, uh, yeah I mean absolutely I mean you said it I mean people say it's like you know five countries in one you have desert you have the Drakensberg you have mountains you have the Indian Ocean the Atlantic Ocean you know where the the Cape Point which is kind of the most southern point you have penguins on beaches whales the food as you said is amazing I mean when I was there I left in 2008 after about six or seven years I remember the rand was around eight to the euro and I think I think it's 15 now. So, I mean, you can imagine the value you're getting and it was great value then. So you can really, I mean, in terms of eating out and I mean, it, one thing about South Africa, it is a beautiful outdoors experience, you know, yeah. because, you know, you're outdoors, you know, the, as you said, the beaches, you know, you can kite surf, you can do kayaking, shark cage diving if you want. I mean, that was pretty ropey. I remember I did that in Hanspy and Brad Pitt had just done it the day before, right? I was like, wrong day. You know, but uh, and then the English cricket team were there the day we were there, which is like madness. But I enjoy the one thing I don't like in the world. I hate wetsuits, Sarah. I just like I, they're like it's like peeling off your skin. We're getting into the wetsuit and like you're going into the cage. I ended up taking photographs of the others from the boat, and that was <laughs> I could see the shark coming and chumming the water and all that. But that was quite enjoyable like four or five meter, like massive sharks. It was it was brilliant. But again, I suppose that's the one thing about it. Now, in terms of people that wouldn't be there before. I know people talk about, oh, you know, Cape Town, the Garden Route and Safari. But that is really nice to dip your toe in, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, for a lot of people that might be worried about, you know, where to go, crime and things like that. We didn't have any issues uh, with crime. We weren't remotely worried. We drove from Cape Town right up towards Port Elizabeth. Uh, You know, we had the kids with us and we stopped along the way. And we never, we just weren't worried at all, you know. And when we stayed in Cape Town, we were down near the waterfront. So, you know, there's definitely, if you stay to that kind of main tourist trail I think you know you sh- everything it is. It felt very safe to us anyway but the, like that as you said there's just so much you know there's, there's such a variety and especially for adventure you know if somebody looking for, for that I mean I didn't go, do the shark cage diving now but we, I did paraglide off the top of Signal Hill which was pretty wow. cool yeah. so yeah it's one of those and of course the revolving the revolving cable car up to Table Mountain yeah. you know like that's very cool it turns as you go up that, that's a great I mean every Everyone does that as well. Have your picnic on Table Mountain and then you can hike down if you want to. But I got the cable car back down again because it was just easier. Yeah, But it's just one of those. There's there's so many firsts and so many unique things to do. And and of course, as I said, you know, for someone who's looking for something like an an adventure, a long haul destination, it may seem expensive when you're booking it, particularly if you're booking a safari that they can be expensive. 
But when you're there, you spend so little. Like compared to going to the States, for instance, like what we spent when we went to Blard, I'd say was three times the amount we spent when we went to South Africa. All those so. casinos that you like, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, it's just like, it, it is great from that point of view. So yeah. you might spend the money before you go, booking the hotels and booking the safaris. But once you get there, you'll spend very, very little. And another thing that I love about it as well, considering it's a long haul destination or, you know, is, is the time difference. So you've really got like, I think it's about three or four hours that's no, you know, it's not. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, a, it's one hour or two hours, depending on the time of year. So that is brilliant. And you have absolutely no jet lag because you're flying. It's literally two degrees down. That's yeah. where you're going. So that is a great plus about it. Yeah, you don't have any time difference and you don't have any jet lag. Now on that, by the way, for people that want to go there, we used to have many moons ago, we used to have direct flights. Remember with Slatteries, there was a charter. Now Turkish airlines are really good. Yeah. I mean, you've got your Etihads, your Emirates. Like I know Turkish go into Cape. Town and Johannesburg so you can do nice changes. Etihad, Qatar I mean all the Middle East kind of airlines go there and then of course you have Lufthansa, KLM, British Airways you have loads of options then it goes via the UK haven't you? But I saw Turkish Airlines the other day, seven, eight hundred quid you know, return which was really good. It was quite comparable with British Airways and again with Etihad I saw they had very good fares and you could even break it up by doing two nights in Abu Dhabi and you know doing so. So there's uh, huge options isn't there? the d- different destinations for stopovers as well. I, like, as you said, all the, the Middle Eastern airways, Qatar as well, and, uh, and South African airways from London. But I think it's, I always prefer to, as you like, go uh, avoid Heathrow when I can. But one, what, what we did when we flew into Cape Town was we flew home from Port Elizabeth. So, a lot of the airlines will fly, you, you could be able to fly Port Elizabeth, maybe Port Elizabeth direct, usually like via Johannesburg and then, yeah, and yeah. then home again. So you don't have to drive back down. Well, that was the great one. Home. Yeah, you, you that was a brilliant one. You hired the car, you picked it up in Cape Town, you yeah. drove all the way down. And I did that. There's loads, by the way, of those low cost airlines yeah. locally as well, which yeah. are sort of subsidiaries of like BA and the yeah. called, you know, like there's, you know, those airlines with names like Stop, Go, Play, Fly, whatever, you know, they bong. I think was one of them or whatever it was called but they come and go but yeah like there was a one way from Port Elizabeth to yeah. Johannesburg and then the direct flight the back direct which flight was back. which was really the way to go yeah. because otherwise as you said you'd have to drive all the way back and along I mean the thing about the garden route as well is you know you have your, your beautiful places even not necessarily the Nisnes or you know the main place, but Plettenberg Bay you've some Cape, you've some Cape Reserve places there which are just like untouched beauty I mean for honeymoons and for weddings I mean it really you and there's some amazing places there. Yeah, I mean, I remember as a travel agent, I used to, used to often get asked, you know, could they combine South Africa with Mauritius or South Africa with the Maldives or something? And I used to always say, no, like you don't need to leave it. There's so much to, to see there. You don't need to go anywhere else. We, we stayed in this amazing beach resort that I had never heard of before we went to Cape St. Francis. It was recommended Oh, beautiful. Oh. And great for, they bring surfy area as yeah. well. Oh St. My Francis God. Bay, yeah. I, I'd actually now run back tomorrow at the house. We are just so, cheap magnificent beach house for what you get and again we, we did stay in Plettenberg Bay and it's beautiful but I suppose it's more well known it's a m- lot more expensive whereas what we got here in Cape St. Francis was literally I'd say three times the size and probably half the price of staying in Plettenberg Bay and it was also very close then to the safaris to Amakala where the safari we went to or Shamwari any of those big popular ones Yeah, Kariga Kariga yeah. that was the Kariga River I, do, I was there loads of times Mark the guy who ran that was the next cricket player for South Africa and that was a really nice four star sort of yeah. not your very fancy but I mean and they had everything there yeah. as well and they had yeah. the Kariga they had that, that, that steam ship the boat steamboat that went on the 
river and stuff. But they were, and of course, those places you talk about, they were all malaria free, which was great. Yeah, I think that's one of the massive advantages of staying, sticking to the, the, the garden route is that you don't need the malaria tablets. Because the first time we went, we went Kruger National Park and it was just the hassle of taking them. You had to take them so many weeks before you went and when you came back and, and then flying in and out. And it was just that other route for me is the handiest one, particularly if anybody's listening who want to go to South Africa for the first time. I'd say fly into Cape Town, a couple of days there first, you'll go visit the winelands, then get a car and drive along the garden route with a few stops along the way, finish up with the a safari and fly home from, from Port Elizabeth. Yeah, now um, on the Kruger thing, that's very interesting because people have gone to the Kruger Park and they've gone in like summertime when there's loads of leaves and you know, it's actually better to go there in winter when there's very little vegetation on the trees because you get to see the animals much better. In fact, and it's it's not as busy either. I mean, South Africa actually has its own sort of national safari parks or national safari places you can stay, which are sort of, you know, kind of owned by the government partly, sort of like the Paradors in Spain, but they're not fancy like that, but they're quite basic. And ent- so they're sort of, they came up with this idea to make safaris accessible to locals and to everybody. And they even had a special special price for locals as well, different to people with their massive fancy euros and their big strong currencies. But but that was interesting. And they are also options like for people that wanted to do stuff on a budget. They were also possible. They weren't they weren't very they weren't fancy at all now. But I mean they were quite good. And again, you were in the park. Another thing as well, I remember people would stay people stayed outside. You there was lots of hotels where you'd stay outside the park and then you drove in every day. Again, of course, that wasn't your sabi sabi or anything like that. But it was just there's so many ways you can do things affordably if you yeah. wanted to. Yeah. yeah, because the safaris in fairness they are well the luxury ones they are expensive and especially when you're talking about South Africa in general being you know just the, it, cheap it does seem strange how expensive they are but there are a couple of things that you could say I'd all say you know just usually try and book a flight home like they could be 500 a night per person per night you know so but book a flight home late in the evening get your game drive in before you leave you probably only need two nights plus that extra game drive before you leave if, especially if you're going for one of the smaller parks so there are ways you don't need to people I think think you need to spend four and five nights at a at a game lodge you really don't you know you if you get four game drives in maybe five that's kind of more than enough so you don't need to overdo the expense of that I'd say Go somewhere good, and ju- but just go for two nights. Get a late flight home that evening, and get the game drives are usually early in the morning. So there are a few different tips you can you can do if you are planning it. Like same similarly with the Winelands, you know, there's a lot of places very close to Cape Town. So you can go straight from there. And also, like, I actually had been hearing about Stellenbosch for years. I don't know what you had thought of Stellenbosch, but I thought it was a bit of a... Yeah, Stellenbosch, I mean, there was 50 wineries when I was there. I don't think I did them all. And then Franschhoek, which was really nice. If you go a little bit down at the Western Cape, if you go to places like Robertson, Worcester, like the Breda River Valley, all these amazing wineries down there, which are not like the Stellenbosch would be very nice. And it's a beautiful town, university place again. I remember these wineries, Divetsov was one and you went a lot like these were all kind of off the beach like Worcester that Breeder River Valley you could you could hire like you were saying earlier you could rent these beautiful wooden lodges on the river and then you went like you'd your braai every night with your big fire outside you were canoeing up and down the river I mean it was like it was kind of like absolutely kind of heaven kind of paradise kind of stuff and that was a really nice nice thing to do going down as I said going off the beaten track and going to other places really really nice Well that was again it was a winery that was recommended to us and it was 
wasn't in. I think it was Williamsburg was the name, but maybe I'm getting that wrong. It's on, I have it on on their website anyway. But uh, Val de Chiron was the name of the actual mm. wine lodge or winery, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't Franchuk or Stellenbosch. It was near there. But yeah, definitely go off the beaten track. You get better value. So there are different ways to go. Like, I think there are certain things you probably do need to spend the money on. Like Cape Town, for instance, I probably would stay down near the waterfront. I don't know whether I'd stay much further out. Yeah, if you want to be really fancy, like if you're like the models all stayed out in Camps Bay, you know, around Christmas time. But the traffic to come in and out from Camps Bay and, you know, the the Red Carnation, the Twelve Apostles Hotel was out there. I mean, it's changed a lot. That was the real glitzy. And the beaches there, of course, were, you know, uh, Clifton 1, 2, 3, 4, whatever. They were like, it was really, really cool. But again, yeah, I mean, the waterfront is a great area to stay in. Now, West Beach is beautiful as well. That is where, you know, that view of Table Mountain, when you're looking at it, that's actually over in West Beach. I I lived there for a while and the beaches there are fantastic. And that was a kind of a little bit of a kind of a top secret to tell people like, go outside and stay over there. And it was easy to get in and out. But again, you had that view of Table Mountain and you were able to say it it was like just less, you know, there was this, a lot of hotels actually just out there now as well but again very nice but you know like you're saying when you're when you're not right in the centre I mean the prices are, are cheaper as well yeah. another place that I meant to mention when we talk about Robertson there's the most beautiful place called Montague and there's the Montague Country Inn and the guy that run it ran it Kurt he's passed away now the, the, there's a couple that run it now they have this big Cadillac pink Cadillac you can hire and you can do the big number with the wings at the back that place is just amazing now Utshorn where all the ostrich farms yeah. were you could you could ride an ostrich if you want there was ostrich races and all this mad yeah. stuff but Utsorn was also there was African music festivals there that again we saw like really like again in the in the in the sort of inland kind of very barren like like another country again there but that was they were really gorgeous places McGregor was another place that people used to go for retreats again called after a Scottish guy who went there years ago but you know it was all wellness and yoga and new age and you could just absolutely lose yourself so if you wanted to do something really different. They were really good. And then up in the Northern Cape, you had Sutherland, right? Which was really in wintertime where all the cherries that grow and then they kind of mature. But they, they have had snow up there a lot. But they have the salt telescope up there. And it's one of the best places to go if you like watching stars up to Sutherland. And again, the Northern Cape. And of course, the famous, when the when the flowers all bloom, you've seen pictures of those when the springtime comes and you just see felts, as they call them, felts and felts of these yellow and orange flowers. Just masses of them. And if you hit it right, it's only for about two or three weeks and it's just like amazing. But those places, the Northern Cape, and of course you can go up into Namibia, you know, which is was part of South Africa. It's all mostly desert. Atasha Park, Namibia is another another great place. I was just saying, it's just very near and they have the same kind of currency and everything. But that was when I remember going to Sutherland and thinking, my God, like, it was like another place again, you know, it's the Northern Cape and it was just so different. And the other thing that I loved, Durban, which is kind of a, a, a kind of tropical climate, there's a place there called Umschlange and Umschlange Rock. And again, you hire houses on the beach and you could hire this, you know, feck off amazing house for like 10 bedrooms for just silly money. And it was just incredible. And we were buying this one that up the road, she had her curry house. We were ordering big curries from her and pretending we made them ourselves and inviting all the locals in. And, you know, it was just like the best crack ever. But in Schlanger Rocks and of course Durban, that whole area is famous for Indians. And of course, it's famous for the Durban curry and everything. But again, another area that's really, really fantastic. I really loved it. And, you know, I hadn't spent much time there, but loads to do. And, and then, of course, you're into Johannesburg. 
Limpopo and you've got all those other things going up there as well Soweto of course you know you can go and see the history of all that which is really worth seeing as well the cradle of civilization is all up there so I mean like amazing stuff Yeah no I definitely think I need to see a lot more of it I've been probably a bit shattered in what I have seen but anything so far I really really love and as I said it's, I just love how diverse and how many different things you can do on one trip and it's it's also great it's also a great one for kids particularly if you've kind of got t- older kids who, you know, you've done the, the Disney's and you're looking for sort of a bit of adventure. Yeah, Ratanga, listen, Ratanga Junction, right? Cape Town, there's an amazing theme park there. Now, the Cobra, I think, is the one I went on. And you know when the ones when your legs dangle yeah. and you're and your wizard. So that's actually Ratanga Junction is 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 still there. That's a great one. I meant to tell you earlier as well, when I went to there's a great safari place, not on the way up to Kruger. It was about three hours north of Johannesburg called Entebani. And it was after the famous Entebani Rock. But we were we had some Czech friends with us, and there was about six of us. And Sonia's husband, Milan, didn't speak any English. And we were in a it's beautiful place. But the there was lions there. So at in the evening time, you went from your lodges where you were staying. The ranger would drive you and accompany you back to where you'd have your dinner. You know this beautiful big lodge, and they were playing the drums and the fires were going. And Sonia was looking for her cigarettes. And the next thing we looked around, and Milan was gone. And I said, "Where's Milan?" She said, "Oh, he's gone back to get my cigarettes." So that the, the ranger nearly had a heart attack because he walked off into the area like where you could only go with the ranger and his gun. So anyway. We were expecting to see Milan's shoes and nothing else. But he arrived and the ranger found him anyway, sort of long before the lions did. But, you know, so it was funny. There was a lesson there, you know. I was saying to him, did anyone check that he didn't speak English when we were getting the lesson, when they were telling us what not to do and what to do, right? So luckily we didn't lose him, but it was a close call. Yeah, Sonia's cigarettes would have been a, that would have been a, a really bad downside of smoking that night anyway. But so we did, but that was really, it was so funny but you know you, it was real because I mean the lions and we saw that night when we went out the lions killed a gazelle and I remember there was a woman on the on the jeep and she was like kind of Germany she was kind of screaming oh my god and I'm and the guy was like this is what we're paying for you know like because you never got you didn't really see that that often so it was unbelievable and they're so big and of course the jeep you're there and they don't see the jeep as food so you know you're okay and the ranger has the gun but obviously the woman panicked and she thought this is going to be me next but it was just like it was it's 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 unreal that experience and the giraffes in the morning when they walk past you're having your breakfast and the steam is rising from the bush and these slowly walking massive huge things it's just like there's nothing else to it it's like a, you get a bug for the safari thing yeah I totally got a, a bug because we, we, after we went the first time then we went to Tanzania the next year oh. I, I totally like love it and it is such a totally and you just really switch off and you just feel like you're you're just it's so far removed from your everyday life at home when you're on a safari isn't it and like that something like as simple as a giraffe that you would see in Dublin Zoo and not look twice at when you see it and how graceful they are you, you just get you get a bit transfixed don't you just watching them but like that as well like I, I remember footprints on our deck you know when you'd come back after dinner and you'd know there was something there when you weren't there and you're like what was that outside our door 
So, yeah, do you definitely feel, you know, for anyone who thinks that maybe it's not that authentic or <laughs> yeah. it really, really is. <laughs> yeah, know? no, I remember there was a lion chewing on something in one, another one of the places we stayed in as well, outside the lodge when we went back. And, you know, you just had to wait. And that was, but like watching it, it was incredible. The other thing as well, I suppose, I mean, we, we, we have to touch on as well, the whole history for Irish people here. I remember when the, you know, Nelson Mandela, the ANC, I mean, how a lot of them were exiled here. Irish people, like we had a great relationship relationship with South Africa. When I remember going over to Robben Island, you know, and seeing the first time the cell, you know, where Mandela was incarcerated for like 27 years, I think it was. And it was the kind of ex-prisoners um, who gave the tour. That was, I mean, really incredible. And then, you know, you could you can go, I suppose, down to the Eastern Cape and see kind of where he was born as well. But the whole history of it, I suppose, it's a kind of first world meets third world because, you know, the township tours that you do. And I used to tell people, keep the township tour till the end of your holiday holiday because it was actually when I remember doing them like it was quite for us the impoverishment and you know we, yeah. you'd be looking you'd be saying God this is so different to how we live and you know but you and I remember one of the ANC guys saying to me it's first world third world here Ed. it's a symbiotic relationship but he says it works and he said you know it will take a long time before he said we don't want to be westernised either you know this is South Africa and I thought that was very interesting yeah. you know because I think we kind of went along thinking oh you know but they were so happy you know and I mean now you can go you can stay in the townships I remember one of the best nights I had was in one of those little shabines where you know all they drank was one type of green beer a bottled beer and the singing and fellas with Kilkenny jerseys on them like who had helped build the Nile Mellon trust houses you know and but it was that was what South Africa was it was just so it was diverse you know and it was just it really it almost kind of pushed you a little bit but at the same time you didn't actually feel you were ever in danger I'm kind of speaking yeah. about like kind of the really Irish relationship but the the Robin Island, the whole Nelson, the history of it was just it was still so fascinating, really. Yeah, no, I, I agree absolutely. And listen to you there now. I'd lo- I'd love to have that experience of staying in the townships. We didn't do that, but yeah, I suppose to really get it under your skin, to get to really feel the grit of the place is probably something like that is ideal. But I suppose for people who are going for the first time, that, that might be a bit, you know, yeah, you yeah. more relaxed because you were lived there. But I definitely think it's the kind of place if you go once, you'll you'll want to go back to. Yeah, that was, I mean, the first time I ever went there with the group, actually, we went on a tour. And as the plane came into land, I got this massive feeling I was after coming home, which I, they say we people, you know, humanity originated in Africa. But I'll never forget it. It was this feeling of I've come home and it was amazing. And I couldn't wait to get back. And I ended up going back again and again and then sort of moving there. But it's funny, in terms of holidays, it has really come back again now. I mean, because you spoke earlier there about, oh, there used to be a lot of crime and there used to be a lot. It's, it really seems to people, you know, you just have to be careful. As you said, you haven't never had a bad experience. I lived there for seven years. And, you know, if I didn't have a bad experience, you know, going around the place, it was like, it was amazing. It was really, that was in- incredible. The other thing that I really loved as well, by the way, there's a great woman there, Jenny Morris was her name. Now, she had a cooking school in Cape Town and I used to bring all the, when the Irish groups would come over, we would do a night in Jenny's, like she was a cooking class, right? And she wrote these books called Rude Food, Nude Food and she's known as the Giggling Gourmet. Now, she had her own programme on the BBC, Jenny's Kitchen and she's still going strong but like we ended up going on tours with her and everything but it was one of the best things. People came in and they like they would learn how to make su- sushi, you Thai, we would do barbecues but it was something really different and she had this great... 
I'm giving her a little plug here now, but she had a great kitchen, a great setup. And of course, everybody, you meet, you met locals there, who were, you know, and you met loads of people and you became friends. And then you all went down Long Street afterwards and, you know, to, to uh, Kennedy's. And this was a really good pub, by the way, not an Irish, Shabine, but it was a great spot. But she was a great character and she loved the Irish. And she always insisted that somebody sang Danny Boy before we left. And then you got extra wine. So that was great. But if anyone's going over, I think she has restaurants now and stuff like that. But she's a great character and loves the art and larger than life. Um, but she it was it was a really cool experience. And she we, we had like langoustines and the food was just incredible. That was one thing about the place. I mean, the food, you could talk about that all day. I mean, and of course, the diversity, you could have Kemsbach, Gazelle. I mean, you know, white crocodile, like all sorts of you, know, you could eat, try things anyway. But um, the food was amazing and very the salads and, you know, everything was so fresh and healthy as well. It was really great. And as you said, the value was really fantastic. And I think as well for people who, you know, Asia has been so much with Asia over the last couple of years with COVID. It was opening up and some places were and weren't. And I think, I think definitely South Africa has become somewhere that, you know, people can go to that has that combination of adventure, has the beaches, has the wildlife, has everything. And it is good value. So I definitely think it's, it's, it's a destination people should definitely consider if they're want it to go a little bit long or a little bit somewhere different this year or next year. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved your tip earlier. If we can finish up on, I think, you know, the Indian Ocean, you were saying about Mauritius and, yeah. you know, the Maldives. Like, people need to, re- you know, the Indian Ocean is all along the south yeah. of South Africa and that place that you spoke about. I mean, if you want a really the warm Indian Ocean yeah. and that Indian, that you can have it in yeah. South Africa and probably at a fraction of the price. Yeah, Sarah, we could talk about South Africa all day, I think. I feel like I'm back now, you know. Okay, guys. Thanks for joining us on the Travel Lounge this evening and we'll talk to you again soon. So thank you for joining us in the Travel Lounge. Listen, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And happy travels. 